1926, two organizations were born that would shape the future of performing arts in Youngstown, Ohio. The Little Youngstown Symphony performed its first public concert, starting a legacy that would become the Youngstown Symphony Orchestra. Later that year, the doors to Stambaugh Auditorium opened for the people of Youngstown and surrounding areas. These are the stories, performances, and conversations of artists and supporters of these historic organizations. This is the 1926 Podcast. Hello and welcome to the 1926 Podcast. Today is all about ballet. Katie Merrill and Kate Greyjoy from Ballet Western Reserve are joining me to discuss the upcoming production of Giselle, as well as the special anniversary taking place this year. Welcome Katie and Kate to the show. Hello, how are you both doing? Hello. Well, Kelly, how are you? Good. So we'll go ahead and get started. Um, can you tell us what your positions are at Ballet Western Reserve? Yes, absolutely. I am Kate Greyjoy, and I am the artistic director of Ballet Western Reserve. So I handle all of our creative content, staging our classical works, handling our pre-professional company, and all that jazz. I am Katie Merrill. I am the executive director of Ballet Western Reserve. So I am more on the administrative, making it happen, and as opposed to creative. Sure. So the original storyline of Giselle is pretty intense. Um, So how does this production compare to the original? Because I know that it was kind of tweaked to make it sort of age appropriate. Absolutely. Yes, the original story is rather haunting um, and has some really dark, almost existential components to it. And because Our uh, performance group is um, largely adolescent. We wanted to make sure that while upholding all the same steps and music and phrasing of the classical work, that we're still making it accessible to a younger and more contemporary audience. So we've made some significant changes to the plot, but the central themes remain. Betrayal, heartache, um, despair, and at the end, atonement. So you made the changes yourself, right? Ballet Western Reserve did. You didn't go and find this somewhere. These changes are unique to Ballet Western Reserve's 60th anniversary season production. Absolutely. That's awesome. I love that. So can you give us a brief overview of the the plot without giving anything spectacular away? Yes. So without giving anything too much away, we begin our story with Giselle and her family, Uh, She is the main character, the heroine, if you will, of the ballet. We begin with her family already having suffered a loss. And to the dancers who are participating in this production, we have flushed out the story. But for the audience and the general population, um, just knowing that there has been recent loss suffered takes us into kind of a world of grief and happiness and the turn of the seasons. And we are surrounded by uh, the village and friends in Act One, um, where we are introduced to our second lead, Albrechta, uh, who is in disguise as the character Loya, and her relationship with Giselle and their best friend, Hilaria. So it's kind of a friendship triangle that reveals certain twists about past events and the recent loss of Giselle's family. 
Um, and that takes us into act two, where we change the tone of the ballet quite a bit, um, where Giselle has died. Uh, that's that's not too much of a, re of a reveal. That absolutely is the foundation of act two. Uh, and we stay a little bit closer to the original telling in act two, where we have the reunion of Giselle and Albrechta and their attempt at forgiveness in the land of the willies. I love that. I've, we've all, everyone in my department has done very extensive research into Giselle to try to understand the plot and, you know, maybe kind of how it's been tweaked. So I'm excited to see this new take on it. It promises to be fresh. <laughs> what do you think was the most difficult part of adapting it to make it appropriate for a younger audience? The challenge in approaching this from a young adult perspective was to still make it relatable, not just for the age group, but for the, the modern contemporary audience. Um, and by that, I mean, how are the dancers going to interpret it in such a way that they can really bring it to life on stage? Because if the performer is not committed, does not themselves believe their role and all of their interactions and reactions, the audience will not respond. Um, so where it was a challenge, it was also very exciting. And I, I incorporated the dancers in that decision-making process. So it, it came from an organic place that they could tap into in their interpretation. Awesome. So this is a return to collaboration with the Youngstown Symphony. How did that come about? And what is the historical connection between the two organizations? This comes after a very successful Nutcracker that we had this past December. Um, walking out of the theater after our first performance on Friday night, the reaction to our patrons that were there, the live music took it to a level that I don't think most people are used to seeing um, in a Nutcracker performance. Most touring Nutcrackers at this point um, are canned music. So it's recorded music there. There's not a live orchestra. We've done the jazz Nutcracker with a live orchestra or live jazz ensemble in the past. Um, the live orchestra brings it to a whole different level of environment. You fill that space of powers um, auditorium with live music. It's, you know, it fills it. The dancers um, are able to use the entire stage we walked out of that weekend knowing that it's in our best interest, it's in our dancers' best interest, and it's in the community's best interest to provide a live music um, accompaniment to as many performances as we possibly can. And that just led to a conversation with um, Stambaugh's management asking, we know we're going to put Giselle on. Can we include an orchestra with it? Is that something that you would be comfortable with? And they were. And, you know, it's exciting. Most ballet companies have two big productions a year. They do a Nutcracker and then they do a secondary ballet. Um, the fact that we are now able to bring a Nutcracker and a secondary ballet to the Youngstown area, I think that says a lot about our progress the orchestra's progress in town and the arts reaction, you know, the community of the arts, the reaction of the arts community is fantastic. Yeah, for sure. And I think that, you know, getting as many 
<clears throat> different organizations within the same realm to collaborate in a space like Youngstown is super important and, you know, not to duplicate efforts and just everyone playing nice together is really uplifting for the community as well. So your, your patrons are, you're seeing the same patrons at all of these events. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, whether it be a ballet, a orchestra performance, a, a, the opera performance, we're all the playhouse, we're all drawing the same people. If we can take and harbor that and bring these people to see everything that we have to offer in Youngstown, I think it's, you know, it's fantastic. Oh yeah, I agree agree 100%. Um, So can you touch a little bit on the historic connection between the two organizations? Yeah, so in 1962, Ballet Western Reserve, which wasn't, it was the Ballet Guild at that time, was founded. A few years after that, they became a affiliate member of the Youngstown Symphony Orchestra um, and danced with live nutcrackers, ballets, um, multiple productions throughout years. And um, our program got bigger. I think the orchestra program got bigger. And I, I think the two kind of just parted ways by demand you can only do so much um but to be able to come back together for our 60th year um is exciting it's nice to return to what our original thought process was yeah um i think that the the collaboration is a nice way to kick all of that off and um what else do you have planned for your 60th anniversary as a way to celebrate it so we're looking at an event um, to celebrate our 60th. That is in the works. We're kind of trying to create that right now. We have our traditional annual school concert where at the end of May, everyone comes together. We combine all those genres, put them all on stage from the little ones to seniors, the seniors that have been here since they were three years old and have watched dancers do their senior solos, finally get their moment on stage to do their senior solos. Um, we have a big summer planned, summer um, dance camp in the building. We do summer intensives. We bring in people from all over. And then we're looking at uh, yet again, another nutcracker in um, December of 22, always working towards a nutcracker. So standard year with a lot of extras thrown in for us. Yeah, I don't think that you would be able to get away with not doing the nutcracker here. You absolutely can't. I mean, it's not a secret. And anybody in the arts organization knows that all ballet companies survive on the nutcracker production. That's where you make your money. That's how you survive for the entire year. Um, It is close to how we, you know, are able to do other um, events because most ballets aren't going to make you a ton. Nutcracker will. It's the nostalgia aspect of it. Yeah, that's our big one. Can't live Mm -hmm. without it. Do you see a lot of um, students starting out as super young and then continuing throughout becoming a senior in high school? Yeah, we have um, one senior this year. We have three seniors this year. Um, One of those seniors started dancing when she was three or four, and she has been here the entire time. Um, Another senior started dancing when she was very young. Um, She's from a military family, so they moved here, Um, and she's been dancing with us since their arrival. I think she was maybe 10 or 12 when they arrived. 
Um, and our third senior came from a different studio and we are happy to have her. Next year, we have a mess of students. I have, I think 12 graduating seniors. And I think quite a few of those started out as baby dancers. So it's, it's I've only been here for three years but it's really nice to see them kind of develop and grow. And, you know, when they first get their point shoes and it's fun. And it's really interesting to see the trajectory, the varied trajectories of these students. Um, there are certain markers in their academic progression that affect whether or not they are able to commit at the level demanded of them as they get older. Usually you see that transition from middle school to high school, and that's when we either lose a few students or they switch to a more recreational track, or we get students who realize, (laughs) oh, I want to to commit and take this more seriously, and I need to do that at an academy that can support me at a pre-professional level or recreational. And that's something that we take a lot of pride in is that we are able to offer both. Absolutely. And I'm sure that it's so rewarding to see them start out as tiny little people and then go on to do awesome things in the dance world. Yeah, we're definitely um, very lucky to have both of you leading up this organization and to have the organization itself in this area. Um, do you have any last comments or thoughts that you want to add? Come see Giselle. It's going to <laughs> yes. be amazing. One glorious night of betrayal and redemption. I'm just really happy that we can work in a community where or- arts organizations are supporting each other um, and collaborating and bringing amazing events to our area. You know, one of the selling points, and Kate isn't from Youngstown, Kate is from the West Coast. One of my selling points was um, in her interview process was you're an hour and a half from Pittsburgh, you're an hour and a half from Cleveland, really. Um, You know, it's a great location. But I want to be able to say, you know, Youngstown is bringing in and I want to get back to the times where we were bringing in, you know, major musical theater productions and local organizations were putting on great, great performances. And I think, I think we are, I think the one thing that COVID has allowed us to do in a pandemic fashion and, and light, we're able to see the important things. And I think people are, are especially now realizing how important local arts are. Yes. 100%. I actually just did an interview with one of our Um, symphony guest artist, and she said the exact same thing. One of the great things that's come out of the pandemic is that people now understand how lucky we are to have the arts and we're not going to take them for granted anymore. Yeah, you're not. And I think thank you, Kelly. Yeah, of course. And I think that you're right. You know, we're, we're, we're getting there. We're getting to a point where we can compete with Cleveland and Pittsburgh and a rising tide floats all boats. So we all need to help each other and work together to put out the best product that we can. Absolutely. So thank you both for coming on to talk with us. And I think we're all looking forward to seeing Giselle. Um, so thank you. And I hope that you have a great rest of your evening. Thank you, thank Kelly. You. It was a pleasure. Thank Thanks, Kelly. Yeah.